All right, welcome everybody to the POC show. This is the first episode of the POC show. I am your host, Roman Lardydale, and this will be a podcast that we're going to talk about mostly professional wrestling, uh, sports, music, entertainment, comedy, anything that I can think of, I'm going to throw it on this podcast. Uh, You know, everybody has a podcast nowadays. And this is just a way, a good way of entertainment now. So I feel as though that uh, I think it's time for me to get started, and I want to get into the podcasting business also. And because uh, I support, I support a lot of podcasts, and I, I listen to podcasts every day, anything uh, from music, sports, anything. So I felt as though I think I can put out the same type of content for you guys, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, give me some good feedback and uh, let me know what you guys think. Um, so we want to go ahead. Uh, this today's show, uh, the first episode. Um, today I'm going to talk about. Um, we're going to. This is going to be for my pro wrestling heads out there, all my pro wrestling fans out there. Um, pro wrestling uh, has been a big part of my life. It's been something that I've been uh, enjoying for most of my life um, up until today. Uh, you know, today's product it sucks. It is the most horrifying thing on TV today. It's something that's not cool. It's not cool anymore. Remember back in the day, it used to be cool. Pro wrestling used to be so cool back in the day. Um, but now, uh, they, it's this, the stuff that they put out on television now is a joke. But we're going to go and get to that uh, in a future episode. I'm going to talk about uh, what actually kind of went wrong with professional wrestling. We're going to try to figure that out and break that down and see what's going on. Um, today, I'm going to take it back for y'all. This is going to be a throwback show. We're going to take it back to probably, uh, I'm going to talk about some stuff that happened in 1995, pro wrestling wise, uh, 1995 was a good year of pro wrestling. And, um, I'm also going to talk about, um, just a, a quick rundown of what happened and, you know, what's going on in 95 at the time. And then I'm going to talk about my very first, uh, WWF, uh, house show, WWF show, um, I'm going to talk about that. I, I believe I was uh, 10 years old at the time. And I actually, um, I'm actually, I had to look it up on the internet and see, uh, you know, what this the like the match lineup and, and things of that nature. And I kind of remember everything that happened that night. I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown of what was going on in my very first WWF live event. I'm going to tell you everything that happened to that uh, at, on that day. And, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, get started. Um, I'm going to pull this up real quick. And uh, yeah, so like I said, um, just future episodes, we're going to be you know, going back some years. I'm going to try to get some guests on here too. Um, I got a lot of friends that are professional wrestling fans, and I want to try to get these guys on the show. And that way we could just chop it up and talk about uh you know the good old days talk about what everything you know pro wrestling was fun um i'm also going to have some people we're going to talk about sports we're going to talk about uh what's going on in the nba or things of that nature or we could also talk about music and uh anything anything that i can think of i'm gonna throw it on this part anything that happens in my life i'm gonna put it on here you know i'm saying this 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 show is for you all you know it's for your entertainment and I want people to, who really don't know me that well, I want people to actually really get to know me as well. You know, you, you'll get to know who the, who the real me, who the real Roman is, you know. So we'll, we'll, get, we'll get that in uh, future 
future episodes. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, uh, I'm going to get into uh, the WWF uh, 1995. Just a, a quick rundown. We'll be right back. All right, we're back, everybody. All right, so let's go ahead and get on to it. Uh, we're going to talk about the WWF 1995. Just give a quick rundown of what's, what's going on. Uh, 1995. Uh, 1995 was in the middle of the new generation era. They call it the new generation. The new generation era started from 1993 to 1997. Um, it was at the time where we'll go back to 1991. Um, Vince McMahon was indicted for uh, his uh, involvement in the steroid, the steroid case. Where they basically charged him with a conspiracy to distribute uh steroids illegal steroids so he was indicted by the federal government they you know they raided titan towers uh they got all the information they needed they took it to trial and vince mcmahon was found not guilty after all the 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 thing the trial lasted about three four months i believe and so the guy the guy got indicted and it, it was a bad thing for wwf uh at the time vince mcmahon thought you know they thought they were he was going to jail you know, and then if you, you think about it, if Vince McMahon went to jail, hey, you know what? There, there's no there's no more WWF, you know. So. The steroid trial really uh, kind of hurt the business. You know, the ticket sales were down. Um, house shows. I'm sorry. Ticket sales were down and uh, ratings were down. And so. Um, they had to do something, so they pushed the old guys out. You know, guys like Hulk Hogan. Well, Hulk Hogan testified against Vince McMahon, so of course he was gone. But the the older guys like uh, you know Rick Martel, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, Roddy Piper. Uh, these guys had to they had to get out of there, man. And Vince McMahon wanted to usher in a new generation, and therefore he wanted the the old the younger guys to step up. And it's time for the put the younger guys. Uh, in the front line, you know, and put them, uh, want them to be the face of the company. So you had guys like Bret Hart, uh, Shawn Michaels, you know, The Undertaker, Owen Hart, Razor Ramon, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Kevin Nash, Razor Ramon, Goldust, Yokozuna, Owen Hart. Hey, those guys were the younger guys. And so Vince McMahon wanted to push these guys and have them be the faces of the company. So, um, we're talking about 95, so we're about two years in the attitude. I'm sorry, the new generation era. And um, my very first uh, WWF show was on September 26, 1995, and it was at uh, Valparaiso University, good old Valparaiso University. Good old Valpo at the, uh, I believe it's called the Arc Center, the Arc Arena. In Valpo, so I, at the time I was ten years old, man, and uh, I re I remember this day like it was yesterday, man. I actually had to pull it up on the internet here. I'm looking at uh, actually have the the match lineup, and boy, I tell you, if you went to a show in 1995, if you went to the show in the 90s, regardless, you really got your money's worth. Cause I'm looking at this and I'm I'm thinking I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. They this this card had literally. About 20 matches on this card. 
you got to see some of everybody. Everybody was there that night. I, I remember this day very well. It's about 20, 22 matches on this card. It's a uh, long. I mean, I, I, I can go back to remember, man. Uh, we were there for hours, man. That show started at like 7 o'clock. Probably got out of there at midnight, man. It, it was a really long show. But here's the thing. What they did was is that they taped. There was a show on Saturday mornings called WWF Superstars. And so wherever they went that week, they usually would tape like a month. That, that, depending on where they was at, uh, they taped like a month's worth of WWF Superstars tapings. So the, the date was September 26, 1995. And so they did a taping for September 30th, October 7th, October 14th, and October 21st. So they did about four weeks of WWF Superstars taping. So that's why I do remember when I was a kid watching this, I'm thinking like, man, we've seen like a lot of people uh, over and over. I, we watched like, you know, different wrestlers wrestle like three or four times in one night because they were doing these tapings. You really got your money's worth at the end of the day, though. If you really sit down and think about it. So, going back to that day, uh, man, I remember, uh, let's see. My buddy at the time, his name was Anthony Howard, man. Shout out to Anthony Howard, man. That, that's my guy, man. Uh, that was like my best friend back when I was a kid. And so, his mom bought us these tickets. And... Um, you know, hey, they said, hey, WWF's in town. You know, I, I was 10 years old, man. I never thought I was going to ever go to a live show. I used to watch it on TV. I, you know, we used to watch Monday Night Raw all the time. Watch Saturday Superstars, WF Superstars every week. I mean, we were just huge fans. As kids, as kids, you know, that's 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 what we were. You know, and that's all we did. That's all we did was watch wrestling. So my boy Anthony Howard, his mother got us these tickets. She said, hey, you know, got you guys tickets to a live show. Out here in Valparaiso, you know, it's not too far. You know, we were out here in Gary, about 45 minutes to Valpo. So, uh, yeah, and on top of that, this was, <laughs> I was in school. So this was like, I think I was in, uh, and I was in the fifth grade. Yeah, I was in the uh, fifth grade at the time. So this is a school night. I remember it was a Tuesday. <laughs> so... Man, me and my boy, we were so excited. We were, we were ready. We we made our signs. I remember I made a sign. You know, all the you know back in the day, everybody held up a sign for your favorite wrestlers. Uh, I made a sign. HBK, Heartbreak Kid. I made a sign for Big Daddy Cool Diesel. So we all had signs, and hey, we all got in the car that night. We rolled out to Valpo. And uh, we get out there, and I'm telling you, uh, this this place, the Arc Center is a. At the time, I was a kid, so you know it was, it, it looked like a big arena to me. You know, I, I I thought this was like a a WrestleMania in my eyes, you know. But I mean, like the Arc Center is not really a big arena. From what I'm reading here, uh, it does say that that night it was sold out. So I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty sure it was sold out because. They said the Arc Center could hold about three thousand people. They, they said it was a sellout, so we'll, it, it definitely it definitely looked like it. I remember. So we pull up, you know, get in line and stuff. It's just kids everywhere, and everyone's all excited, man. 
It's just, uh, it's a big deal back then, you know. Pro wrestling was a big deal back then. We got inside, and then I remember seeing the ring. Our tickets were, we had some pretty bad seats. I mean, we were, we were at the top, you know. But obviously, um, as the night goes on, uh, me and my boy Anthony Howard did not stay in our seats the entire night. So, but our seats were kind of way at the top. I think it was like some bleacher seats. You can still see. I mean, the, the arena wasn't that big. So, yeah, we, we get there and we sit in the seats for a while and people are starting to come in. And I remember uh, they, they had the referee come out and they rang the bell and it was uh, a match. So one of the first matches that I remember, uh, it was just a two jobber match, uh, jobber enhancement talent, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, my pro wrestling heads know what that is. You had two jobbers, uh, and I'm seeing here one guy by the name of Sonny Rogers, uh, who I'm going to get to him later because uh, me, me and my boy Anthony, actually, we met the guy later on. We ran into him. So Sonny Rogers defeats Gary Richards in a enhancement talent match. Sonny Rogers was actually a well-known guy in Chicago. Um, and in different territories, uh, he, he was okay. You know, I mean, he was he was a jobber in WWF, but I mean, he he's, his name is pretty famous out there. But he, he's from Chicago, and um, he was a jobber in WWF for years, long time, long time jobber. Good old Sonny Rogers. He defeats Gary Richards in the opening bout. Um, that's when people were just coming in. Um, the show hadn't really officially started. Uh, I don't know if these guys, I don't know at the time, um, Sonny Rogers was having a tryout. I don't know exactly what it was. Um, or the, the Gary Richards guy was getting a tryout. They usually do that. They, they used to do that back in the day. They used to have trial matches, uh, right before the show starts. So Sonny Rogers defeats Gary Richards. We watched that match. And then um, people were starting to come in, and now it's a packed house. So we're sitting there, and we're, we're in our seats at this time, watching it. All of a sudden, boom. The Puerto Rican sensation, Savio Vega. If you all remember Savio Vega, Savio Vega comes down to the ring for the opening bout. Savio Vega. Remember Savio Vega? He was he was uh he was all right, and um, yeah he was he was good. Uh, in Puerto Rico, that guy was like uh, he was like the Puerto Rican John Cena, because they they loved him in Puerto Rico. So I believe he came to WWF, and he wasn't real big, but he was a good mid card guy. He had some good matches with Stone Cold, you know. So he he was good. So Savio Vega comes out, gets the crowd hype. Everybody's ready. Everybody, I mean, the crowd is jacked up. We're all on cloud nine right now. We're yelling and screaming. We're all excited. And that Savio Vega music hit, and boy, he got the crowd going. So here's Savio Vega in the ring, and he is getting ready to face. Coming down the ring is the, not the official debut, but 
they had used the guy for the house show circuit until his official debut. It was Goldust. And this was Goldust. One of Goldust's first matches in the WWF. Um, he hadn't made his official debut yet. His official debut was going to be at the In Your House pay-per-view that was going to be, um, I think this was that Sunday. So this is the 26th. And I think that Sunday was the In Your House pay-per-view where they were going to do, it may have been the week after. Uh, let's see. Yeah, In Your House, that In Your House was like, okay, it was two weeks after, okay. So he hadn't made his official debut on television yet, but he was he was making his rounds on the house show circuit. So Goldust comes down and he... Uh, Faces Savio Vega. No, nobody. Now we were watching the vignettes on TV. We seen Gold Dust. You know, Dustin, Dustin Reynolds, Dustin Rhodes, uh, coming from WCW as the Natural. He he made his way over to the WWF and he was. Uh, they gave him this Gold Dust character and he took it and ran with it. I mean, <laughs> the guy is still the guy is still competing now. The guy is. Uh, I, I I got much love and respect for the guy. He's still. He's still wrestling today and he's still, you know, uh, he's still active. You know, they still use him. I mean, he hasn't really been wrestling lately, but, um, you know, I'm pretty, he had matches this year. I know that much. And he, uh, they still use him for segments and things of that nature. So Goldust has a lot, a lot of longevity, but this is where it all started for the character. And, you know, we saw the vignettes and, we didn't know what this guy was. You know, they used to have the vignettes where they used to hype up these new wrestlers coming in. I wish they did that today, but they don't. Uh, so all it was was this, uh, it was like a gold thing. And you see stars and it said coming. It was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Howard Finkel, the great Howard Finkel. He would say coming soon, gold dust. And, and that was the vignette, you know, and that was it. And so, therefore, we did, uh, we watched that match. And so it was Goldust against Savio Vega. And Goldust defeated Savio Vega in the opening bout of the uh, show in Valparaiso. So then we go to the next match. We know we're all, well, first off, we're all hyped up. We're, we're all hyped up on. Just having a great time, and we just great. It was just great being there, and so um, we had the next bout. It was uh, Hakushi. If you remember Hakushi, the Japanese uh, Japanese sensation Hakushi, he was the guy that had the Japanese writing all over his body. Um, and he came down to the ring. He's tag teaming with Barry Horowitz. Barry Horowitz was a jobber for a long time, and he finally, that year, 1995, he finally won a match. <laughs> and then, so he, he kind of got a little buzz. He got a little popular. He, he, um, he got popular, and so uh, they start putting him in, uh, you know, the heavy rotation now. So he's, he's wrestling uh, kind of the, the top guys now. Not the top guys, but he moved his way up to the mid-card. Anyway, Hakushi and Barry Horowitz in a tag match. Up against uh, Skip and Rad Radford. Skip. Skip was uh, Chris Candido from uh, ECW. 
Skip's manager was uh, the great Sonny, which is uh, Tammy Lynn Sitch. And I do remember um, at this match, me and my boy Anthony, we went down to the front when we uh, seen that, uh, when we seen Sonny was coming out. Of course, uh, we all loved Sonny back in the day. We actually ran down to the front and I actually uh, got to, I, I saw, I got to see Sonny up close and boy, she was, she was, uh, she was something else, I tell you. So we were out there yelling and, you know, she actually, uh, you know, waved at the crowd. She was real nice. You know, she was playing a heel, but she was actually real nice to the people, you know. So I do remember that. Uh, I do remember doing that. Anyway, this match, uh, I think this is, yeah, this is part of the um, the taping for the 930, uh, September 30th, WWF Superstars. So Hakushi and Barry Horace defeated Skip and Rad Radford, Louis Spicoli, the great Louis Spicoli. In a tag match. Uh, during that time, uh, Mr. Dean Douglas. If you guys remember Dean Douglas, a.k.a. Shane Douglas, when he went to the WWF, he was a uh, he had a, a college professor gimmick. Dean Douglas was actually in the aisle way at this time, and he was taking notes, I remember that, during, during this match. So, real quick match. Hakushi and Barry Horowitz defeated Skip and Rad Rafford. Next match, uh, Razor Ramon, the bad guy. Razor Ramon. We were sitting out. We were we were in our seats at this time. We were running around all over the arena, and uh, we heard that Razor Ramon theme. So we ran over to the entranceway, standing on the rail. Boom! Here comes Razor Ramon. Good old Razor Ramon, man. Scott Hall, and he was young, man. He was young. Looked good. So. Razor Ramon gets to the ring. He defeats a jobber. Jobber by the name of Al Brown. With the Razor's Edge for the one, two, three. Razor Ramon. Scott Hall. The great Scott Hall. All right. After that, we got another match. Bob Sparkplug Holly. You guys remember Bob Sparkplug Holly. This guy had a NASCAR racing gimmick. I thought it was pretty funny. You know, I, I didn't really care for the guy, but Bob Holly, Bob Sparkplug Holly comes down to the ring. And he defeated, actually, this was, uh, if you guys remember D'Lo Brown, my main man D'Lo Brown from the Nation of Domination. But this was uh, when he was uh, just kind of starting he was just enhancement talent so it was uh the great um ac connor that was his name uh good old d'lo brown was a jobber starting off he loses to bob holly bob holly wins the match bob spark plug holly all right so next up we got jacob and Eli Blue, if you guys don't know who these guys are, these are the, the Harris twins. Big six foot eight twins. They were called Eli and Jacob Blue back in the day. They defeated two jobbers at this time. It was good old Sonny Rogers again and Bill Gorgon. They defeated them with a, a double spine buster. These guys are huge. These guys are big. Uh, they had a manager. It was Uncle Zebakaya, who was uh, 
that was the great Dutch Mantel. Um, that was their manager, you know. Dutch Mantel also uh, went on to manage, you know, guys like Jack Swagger and Alberto Del Rio, and you know, but that is Dutch Mantel. Okay, so the guy managed Jacob Eli Blue. Okay, they win this match. And then we've seen uh, the great Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, come down to the ring. And then his opponent was Fatu, the great Fatu, Samoan, who later on becomes Rakishi. You all know Rakishi. Davy Boy Smith, British Bulldog, defeats Fatu with the Power Slam. Good match, you know, Davy Boy Smith. Got to see him. You know, we're standing there. We're we're still running around. We're not in our seats at this time. We're in uh just kind of just walking around, standing around. And hey, they're letting us do it, you know. So we're we're like uh, you know, and then like we'll, there there might be like two empty seats in the front and we'll go over there and then somebody else will come, "Hey, these are our seats." Oh, okay. And then we'll just get up. You know, we we were doing that pretty much the entire night. So David Boy Smith defeats uh, Fatu, a.k.a. Rakishi. Then after that, uh, there was an in-ring interview. We got to see the great Vince McMahon. Good old Vince. Got to see Vince McMahon come to the ring and he conducted an in-ring interview with the, the time the WWF Intercontinental Champion, the HBK, Mr. HBK, Mr. Shawn Michaels. So Shawn Michaels comes down, crowd goes completely insane. I had my sign, hold it up. I think he saw my sign. I think he pointed to it. I don't know. <laughs> so he's the Intercontinental Champion at the time, and he is talking about this uh, upcoming title defense against Dean Douglas at In Your House, the next pay-per-view. They, they had their feud, Dean Douglas, number one contender for the Intercontinental title. So that's the promo, in-ring promo that uh, Shawn Michaels did. Uh, Dean Douglas eventually does come out, and he interrupts the interview. Uh, there was no physicality. It was just, you know, just a promo, good heel promo. That's that. And then they, they had a quick intermission after that uh After that um, interview, there was an intermission. I remember that. So we were walking around again. Uh, you know, I think uh, Anthony's mom got us some from the concession stand, some nachos or something. And then we were walking around and then uh, we actually saw Sonny Rogers uh, in the back. So that's why I said I had a story about Sonny Rogers. We, were, <laughs> we go up to Sonny Rogers. We're like, hey, weren't you, weren't you just wrestling? And he's like, yeah, kid, I was. And then, you know, back in the day, it was, uh, uh, you know, there were no phones. There were no camera phones. There's no, we didn't, nobody had a camera or anything. So back in the day, it was like, can I have your autograph? That's what it was back in the day. So we saw Sonny Rogers. And I actually had brought a little notebook, a little notepad that had, uh, you know, 
that you know you could I have I that, that I thought that I was gonna try to get some autographs. That's what I wanted. I ended up leaving my pen at home. I didn't even have a pen. You know, I, I brought the notebook but no pen. You know, so I'm like, hey, do you have an? Can I have your autograph? And then uh, he says, sure, kid. And I go to hand him the, the notebook, and I don't even have a pen. He's like, you don't have a pen, kid? I was like, no, I don't. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. This guy, this guy had a fanny pack on. <laughs> this guy had a fanny pack. He opens the fanny pack, and <laughs> this guy had a wad of cash. Like This guy had, he probably had just got paid. So this guy had about thousand dollars maybe in all 20s this is this fanny pack so he opens the fanny page whoops not not that one <laughs> and he pulls a pen out he signs it for me and you know he was cool so got to meet Sonny Rogers in the back uh, I, I think I think he still comes back out uh, later on so intermission is over and we're walking around and they're you know they're getting ready to start again and you know who just comes out and I, I well we wasn't expecting it but the Undertaker, right after intermission, boom, here comes the Undertaker. And I remember this because we were standing in the aisleway, and I remember I seen Paul Bearer come out. They cut them lights off, and the Undertaker comes out with Paul Bearer. Um, I was a little scared because it was just, it was real scary to see, you know, as a kid, it was real scared to, scary to see that up close, you know. You're right there. You're looking at them. They got the lights off. I was a little, I was a little scared, but you know, it was great. The so Undertaker and his great entrance, you know, he he come, he's he's right out there. He comes out there, and um, he's going to be facing uh, a jobber. The Undertaker fought a jobber that night. Um, a guy by the name of uh, I don't even think they listed. They don't even got the guy's name. <laughs> But I do remember this match. Uh, Undertaker pinned this jobber uh, with the Tombstone pile driver, and it was it was you know hey it was the Undertaker. You got you got to see the Undertaker. I believe though this match was supposed to be something else. Um, let me see. Oh yeah, they they got some stuff here that I'm reading. Yeah, so okay, so the Undertaker was supposed to fight uh, King Mabel. If you guys remember King Mabel. Uh, King Mabel was supposed to be in at the show, but he was not there. So they, they had to substitute for a jobber. But you still got to see The Undertaker. So that, that was great. That was a great experience. After that, we got uh, Dean Douglas in action. Dean Douglas, a.k.a. Shane Douglas, goes up against... Barry Horowitz, the glorified jobber, finishes him off with the final exam, fisherman suplex, for the one, two, three. Dean Douglas defeats Barry Horowitz. All right, then we got, let's see, next match. After that, we had Savio Vega returns. Because now this is, um, oh, okay, so we're on now uh, the WWF. Superstars taping, it would be, it'll be for October 7th. So it was like, okay, two weeks. October 7th, WWF Superstars taping. So that's why, that's why you see more, you see people, we got to see people more than once. 
Savio Vega returns. He defeats a jobber by the name of Tom Knox. You know, back in the day, they had a lot of jobbers, man. They, you know, they don't they don't have that today. But jobbers, they played a big they played a big part in the nineties, man. You know, but you still got to see your favorite uh, folks. Samuel Vega defeats Tom Knox. Next up, Isaac Yankum. Remember Isaac Yankum DDS? Isaac Yankum, who later on becomes Kane, the Big Red Machine. But at this time, he was a killer dentist. That was his gimmick, a dentist. So Isaac Yankum defeats a jobber by the name of Tom Torres. And uh, yeah, this is uh, yeah, just just uh, Isaac Yankum versus a jobber. After that, man, we got some we got some heavy hitters just a little bit. Got to see uh, good old Psycho Sid. If you guys remember Psycho Sid, Psycho Sid and the Supreme Fighting Machine, comma if you remember him, that was uh, later on becomes the the Godfather with. Ted DiBiase, they defeat the great Bam Bam Bigelow. Wow. Bam Bam Bigelow and Henry Godwin. Remember Henry Godwin? He was a, a hog farmer. His gimmick was a hog farmer. He was a hog farmer. He had a, a slop bucket. He'll put you in that slop drop. You don't want to get hit with the slop drop. That slop drop, nah, you ain't getting up from that. So Psycho Sid and Kama defeats Bam Bam Bigelow and Henry Godwin. Great match. Great match. Uh, got to see some heavy hitters right there. After that, we got Marty Jannetty. Good old Marty Jannetty. One half of the former Rockers. Defeats the great Brooklyn Brawler. If you guys know the Brooklyn Brawler, this guy is a legend. Got to see the legend, the Brooklyn Brawler. After this match, Goldust was, uh, they had like a little screen. It wasn't like, you know, how they had the Titan Tron, but it was just a little screen that they had. Goldust was on the screen, and he was talking about his upcoming match with Marty Jannetty at the pay-per-view that was coming up. That was going to be his official debut. His debut was going to be against Marty Jannetty. So... They showed a promo with Goldust after that. So you had some pretty good matches there. I think they went to another intermission after that. Yeah, they did. It was another intermission. And uh, let's see. I don't remember what we did at that time, but... When they came back, I do remember this. They had the debut. And you know what? And I'm not sure if this was his official debut. I don't think it was his official debut yet, but he was, like I said, he was on the house show circuit and it was uh, the uh, Pearl River powerhouse, Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson came out to the ring. That was his debut. And he defeated a jobber by the name of Tim Knox, who was, I think he was here earlier, but Ahmed Johnson defeats Tim Knox. And when Ahmed Johnson came out, now I remember this, nobody knew who he was, but I, I knew this guy. I was like, this guy is going to be something. 
Uh, they, they're going to have this guy doing something good. Because uh, this is going to be, you know, that guy, this guy is going to be good. And he came out there, a lot of energy, came out there, defeated his jogger, looked good. Uh, defeated him with the Pearl River Slam. The good old Pearl River Slam. Man, that was, that was great. Good times, man. Ahmed Johnson defeats Tim Knox. All right. After that, let's see. We got uh, Razor Ramon returns. Razor Ramon and the 123 Kid. You guys remember the 123 Kid, aka X Pac, Sean Waltman, whatever you want to call him. Razor Ramon and the 123 Kid defeats Jacob and Eli Blue with Uncle Zebekiah, the, the Harris Boys. Good match, good match. Next up, we got Bam Bam Bigelow returns. I was a big fan of Bam Bam Bigelow, man. He was a, a good big man. He was uh, very, very agile. The guy could do moonsaults. He can do anything in the ring. Bam Bam Bigelow defeats Tom Knox. Again, Tom Knox is back. Tim Knox, whatever he is. He defeats him with the flying headbutt off the top rope. After that, let's see. We had the Smoking Guns. Bart and Billy Gunn. If you guys remember, they were the WWF Tag Champions. They defeated two jobbers. Names, uh, they don't have the guys' names. So, Smoking Guns defeated two jobbers. And, um, during that match, Razor Ramon and the 1-2-3 Kid was looking from the aisle. Getting a good look. You know, they, they were in the, uh, at the time, they were in the, um, uh, they, they were in the hunt for the tag titles. All right. Next up, Skip with Sonny comes out again. And, um, you know, they come out, they do their thing. You know, I think, you know, Skip had the, um, they had the, the gimmick, uh, like, a, they were called the Body Donna. So they, they had, like, a work, workout gimmick. They were, like, you know, fitness gurus. That's what it was. So they, they do their gimmick. They defeated, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Skip. Skip defeats uh, the great Sonny Rogers again. Got Sonny Rogers back. With the Frankensteiner off the top. I remember when he did this move. I remember seeing that move. and I had never seen nothing like that. So it, it was good. Very good. Um, now here, here's something. Now this is what I remember. Definitely. Here we go. So next up, um, if you guys remember, there was a guy in 95. He was there just for a little bit. His name was Waylon Mercy. Waylon Mercy. It was, he was a great, uh, Dan Spivey from the old territory days, uh, WCW. But he came to the WWF and they gave him a gimmick called Waylon Mercy. And that character was based off of uh, Robert De Niro's character in uh, the movie Cape Fear, which basically is kind of loosely kind of related to the Bray Wyatt character. Actually, um, if you really think about it, you know, Bray Wyatt 
from you know for today's from today's wrestling Bray Wyatt uh his character is loosely based off that character from the movie Cape Fear as well so but Waylon Mercy was like they really wanted him to portray Robert De Niro's character in Cape Fear so Waylon Mercy comes down to the ring and then he will be facing none other than the WWF champion, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. And I remember we were standing in the aisleway and Big Daddy Cool Diesel was, man, this guy was so tall and so big. He comes out there, he's, they're, they're playing the Big Daddy Cool music and I'm right there in the front. This guy slaps my hand as hard as he could, man. It hurt, but I was <laughs> I was happy, you know. I was happy to see the champ. Big Daddy Cool Diesel comes down there, faces uh, Waylon Mercy in a non-title match, and uh, this was uh, coming up. The pay-per-view was coming up. The In Your House pay-per-view. He was getting ready to face uh, the British Bulldog. British Bulldog was the number one contender, Davy Boy Smith. And during this match, uh, Davy Boy Smith actually interrupted this match. And then there was a brawl outside of the ring with Diesel and Davy Boy Smith. When I was right there and I saw it, I was right in the front, and it was and the crowd went crazy, nuts. Everybody was cheering. Everything, everybody was having a great time. But you got to see Davy Boy Smith and Diesel brawl outside the ring. Everybody had to come out to the back and break it up. Shawn Michaels came out there to break it up. Everybody was out there breaking the fight up. So that match uh, ended in a no contest. Diesel and Waylon Mercy. But the brawl is what really uh, got everybody going right there. All right. And then next up, we got uh, Henry Godwin. The hog farmer comes back. And defeats Tom Knox again, Job, Jobber, with the slop drop. The slop drop. That was his finishing move. Uh, during the bout, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Triple H, runs out there and uh, tried to take uh, Henry Godwin's uh, slop bucket. I believe they were uh, feuding at the time. So, yeah, you got to see Triple H at that that point right there. Um, let's see what else we got. We got another match. We got Dean Douglas comes out there and faces Hakushi, the Japanese sensation again, with the Fisherman Suplex. Dean Douglas defeats Hakushi. And then during that bout, I remember Skip and Sonny and Rad Radford was uh, at ringside watching. We had Fatu come back out there, pump the crowd up again. He faced Terry Richards, a jobber. And then uh, Fatu defeats Terry Richards. And then we had uh, Hunter Hearst Helms, the Triple H, comes out there and he defeats uh, a jobber, Joe Deegan, jobber. And then we had, uh, let's see. So, there, so that was pretty much all the tapings. And then there was a, a main event. The, this, these matches weren't on TV. It was two matches that weren't on TV. So you had a main event and a co-main event. So the co-main event 
we're getting out there to the co-main event, and it was uh, Shawn Michaels, the Intercontinental Champion, and he uh, he was supposed to face Owen Hart. Owen Hart did not; he was not there at that time. Uh, Shawn Michaels actually wrestled Dean Douglas. They were supposed to wrestle uh, at the pay per view. Um, something ended up happening at that pay per view where uh, Shawn Michaels ended up having to get the belt. Uh, to Dean Douglas, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels was going through a lot of personal problems, a lot of injuries, and uh, you know, Shawn Michaels was on uh, you know drugs. Um, you know, his personal demons uh, and things of that nature were taking over. He ended up having to relinquish the title to Dean Douglas at the pay per view. But at this match here, we got to see him wrestle. He went against one on one against Dean Douglas, and he defeated Dean Douglas. We got to see Shawn Michaels, and then. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels, oh, yeah, you know, he got the crowd going. You know, he talked to the people in the front row. We were out there and, you know, uh, you know, slapping the fans' hands. And, you know, it, it was great. Good time. We, we were able to run down there and see that. And then, finally, the main event, the main event of this night, Valpo University, WWF. It was uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, the WWF champion. Comes back out there again, and he faces the mighty Yokozuna. Now, I remember seeing this Yokozuna guy. Yokozuna's out there with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji. Yokozuna was huge. This guy weighed about 600 pounds. Just, just massive man. Massive. Yokozuna comes down there with, uh, like I said, Jim Cornette, Fuji, and... Uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel defeats Yokozuna after avoiding the bonsai drop. I remember this. This how they, because of course you know uh, this how they did it. Um, Big Daddy Cool Diesel, you can't pick the guy up for a jackknife power bomb. You just can't do it. You know. So what they did was um, Yokozuna was giving it to him, and then uh, getting ready for the bonsai drop. That was his finisher. Comes down and. Um, Diesel moves out of the way. So, uh, Big Yokozuna lands on his ass. And then Diesel rolls him up for the pin. One, two, three. Still champion, Diesel. Big Daddy Cool. What a great show that was. Uh, very long, I tell you. Uh, like I said, it started at 7 and it ended about midnight. And me and my boy Anthony Howard had to go to school the next day. We were tired as hell. But we had the time of our life. That was my very first WWF show, Valparaiso University, September 26, 1995. 1995 was a great year for WWF. Um, yeah, and it was it was fun, man. I, I'll never forget that day. It was great, great time. I was 10 years old. So uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for sticking around, you know, um, give me some feedback if you want to, uh, hit me up on, uh, Facebook, Facebook, Roman Lardydale, just find me on there. Um, send me a message. I'm gonna try to get something going for the show, probably create a, a Facebook page for the show. But, uh, like I said, this is the first, uh, episode, first episode of the POC show. There'll be more to come. And we're going to talk about a lot of things. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, I'll see you around. Peace.